All right, all right. Welcome back to the All In Podcast here in Franklin, Tennessee. And as you can see, we got a little bit different format today, and that is because I have someone, a very special guest, who is out of state. And who I have with me today, I'm going to introduce to you, but I want to tell you a little bit about him. So Sean Lane is the author of The Consumer's Guide to Credit Restoration. He's also the co-founder and CEO of Financial Res uh, Financial Renovation Solutions. So it's frscredit.com. And he's been educating consumers about credit since 1992, and he's done so on a full-time basis since 2013. So he talks a lot about teaching consumers how to understand credit report, credit scoring systems, including the best way to maximize your credit score and avoid uh, your credit score setbacks. So obviously, when we're in the mortgage industry and in real estate, we're always trying to get people um, to the finish line and to get them to a better spot space a uh, better place so sean has extensive experience in detecting credit reporting errors um and just the time i've spent with him i mean i've already learned things that we're going to actually be able to help people close deals so he's got a specialized knowledge regarding just how serious credit reporting errors can be and the significant consequences and damages which uh, can occur when these errors um you know uh, do occur and how they can really wreak havoc on a person's life so as a credit repair expert a credit expert, Sean routinely speaks at educational seminars uh, to professionals in the mortgages, banking industry, and real estate industries. And he's also a credit expert witness and legal consultant in credit reporting and credit damage lawsuits. So you can see him at Sean Lane, S H A W N Lane, L A N E dot com. And his true passion, as uh, uh, probably you've gathered, is helping clients escape the bondage of low credit score. And um, and what enables them to achieve their credit goals like home ownership. So, Sean, welcome. You're all the way from Austin, or no, you are in DFW area, right? Yep, McKinney, Texas. McKinney, uh, thank you, Texas. Uh, all right, yes, sir. And I appreciate you having me on today. I yeah, uh, I love this topic. I love talking about it. And uh, uh, you know, I like to call your credit score. It's your adult GPA. It's your right, grade right, point right. average. You know, right. So many things we do have a credit score component, including buying a house. Yeah. Well. Um, you know, I want to jump right in, man, because we've got people that are out there that I know that you're going to be able to help. And, uh, so let's just jump in. I mean, I'm, you know, obviously we're in this industry and like we were saying before we hopped on, you know, I've been doing this two and a half decades and, you know, you feel like as a, an experienced loan officer, uh, mortgage professional that you have a decent grasp. You know, uh, you know, you look at credit reports and you know some tricks that the average person doesn't know. But then when you really get to someone like you, then you realize, then I quickly realize, man, I need someone like, like, like you, we need someone like a Sean Lane in our corner. Because, I mean, just brother, just what I've already learned from you, you know, and just little nuggets, you know, when you talk to somebody and you, you find these little nuggets and you realize, well, if, if this is just falling out of his pocket, just imagine what would happen if you're walking together all the time. So I really appreciate you being here. So I want to jump into some questions. So, you know, one of the things that people, you know, want to know a lot of times is, you know, how does a hard pull affect their credit score, like when they're mortgage shopping? So talk about that a little bit, what that looks like, because, you know, I think people have different ideas and there's all kinds of stuff floating around out there. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So, uh, you know, 
typically whenever you apply for credit, that uh, results in a hard inquiry on your credit report. And most of the time, every inquiry hurts you a little bit. People always ask, well, how much? You know, is it five points? Is it 10 points? And to be honest, you know, it, it's dependent upon that individual's credit report, right? Because credit report's like a fingerprint. Everybody has a different one. You know, some people have more accounts than others. Some people have, you know, longer credit history and so forth. And so, uh, uh, you know, those inquiries do hurt you, but there is some special logic built into the FICO scoring algorithm that accounts for mortgage mm -hmm. inquiries, okay? And uh, I'll, I'll just quickly explain what that is. So if I applied for a credit card today, immediately that hard inquiry impacts me a little bit. But if I apply for a mortgage today, there is a delay of 30 days before that mortgage inquiry has any impact to my credit score. And so by design, that is to allow somebody to rate shop. You know, um, you know, if I'm looking for credit cards, uh, you know, and I'm applying for two or three credit cards in a short period of time, that's a red flag. Um, if I'm applying for a couple of different mortgages, I'm most likely rate shopping or trying to figure out which lender I'm going to use. And so FICO has built some logic in, and there's actually two pieces to this. Uh, the first piece is the 30-day delay. Um, and that 30-day delay basically allows you to go out and maybe talk to a couple of lenders and uh, that hard inquiry when you apply will not hurt your credit score for 30 days. But there's a second piece to this component and this is the deduping period. So there's also logic built in that uh, uh, you know any mortgage inquiry within a fixed time frame consolidates and only counts as one. Okay, so, uh, and it gets a little bit tricky and we get into the weeds here, but uh, uh, on TransUnion and Equifax, there is a 45-day deduping period. So, uh, you know, once that 30 days pass, now that inquiry is going to impact your credit. But all mortgage inquiries within a 45-day period are only going to count as one. You're going to see all of them on your credit report, but as far as credit scoring goes, it's only going to count as one. However, on Experian, they have a 14-day deduping period. So it's compressed from 45 days uh, down to 14 days. So my, you know, what I coach people in is uh, if you're gonna go to a couple of different mortgage lenders, get your applications done within two weeks, and then those are only gonna hurt you, you know, as one inquiry. Yeah. So why are credit scores different? You know, you've got FICO scores, Vantage scores, you've got these scores, you know, and obviously with us, a lot of people will say, hey, um, credit karma. So talk about those. Like, I know what I say, but you know, you, you tell us the, the, the gospel, like what is the difference there? Okay. So, uh, credit scores are, uh, uh, you know, I guess, first of all, the, uh, the credit bureaus are for-profit companies, right? And we have the, really the main three that everybody knows about Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion. And those companies make money um, by doing a number of things. Um, obviously, they make money when, when I apply for credit with a lender, that lender is paying to pull my credit report. So they're paying the credit bureaus, okay? When I, um, uh, if I'm a consumer and I'm disputing something on my credit report, the credit bureaus actually have to pay 30 cents per dispute, 
the process that dispute, right? That, that uh, let me just back up that creditor. So let's say I'm disputing something with Bank of America. Bank of America has to pay 30 cents for that dispute. Um, if I have an account with Bank of America and Bank of America is reporting that account on my credit report, they're paying to report that account on my credit report. And then lastly, credit bureaus sell consumer data. So they make money by credit applications. They make money by pulling, you know, by uh, reporting stuff on the credit report. They make money by selling our data. But the one area that they haven't made money in is in credit scoring because FICO has owned that world. Okay, um, and FICO is a completely separate company. And so uh, FICO uh, or there's been other credit scoring companies or credit scoring brands that have gone you know, into the market over the years. And the one that has really gained traction is Vantage Score. Vantage Credit Score Solutions is most known because of Credit Karma. Um, but uh, uh, what a lot of people don't realize is Vantage is a partnership between the three credit bureaus. So, uh, you know, the credit bureaus wanted to get into the game of selling credit scores so they can make money in that arena as well. And so that's why we have the Vantage credit score. Um, and uh, so there is a ton of credit score confusion out there. And people ask me, what is my real score? You probably have that question, right? Yeah. Also, well, sure. when, it when it comes to mortgage lending, your real score is your mortgage FICO score. But, you know, there are actually... 28, maybe more than 28 different versions of FICO. So, you know, there is the, the, the version that you get for free right now from Experian, which is a FICO version eight, but there's also the older classic versions and then there's industry specific versions. Um, and the mortgage credit scoring model is a 20 plus year old model. And so uh, I kind of liken it to, uh, you know, to our cell phone. You know, we, we have a cell phone every now and then they roll out a new operating system or a new iOS and we can, uh, you know, as an individual, we can take the new software download or we can keep the old software version. And then if our equipment is too old, we can't upgrade to the latest, uh, to the latest operating system for our cell phone. Kind of the same thing in, in, uh, in the lending world. These lenders can use any model they want. And, you know, FICO every few years rolls out a new scoring model that they uh, that they have tested and they can, uh, you know, depict risk better of a borrower. You know, maybe they've come up with some new algorithms, you know, or, or something. Uh, and the lender can choose to use the new version or they can keep using the version that they've always used. Mm. And so a lot of times it requires an upgrade of their systems and so forth. And so. Uh, uh, when it comes to mortgage lending, um, you know, mortgage has been using, you know, this uh, this early version of FICO for 20 plus years. There are some conversations out there uh, about, uh, you know, the they're, they're testing new models, you know, but, you know, as we both know, real estate and mortgage is so highly regulated with the GSAs and all of that, that, uh, you know, they can't just make a change. So right. across the board, mortgage is using an early version of FICO. So given the differences between, you know, FICO and Vantage, you know, you've got Credit Karma, FreeCreditReport.com, all these different, you know, models and whatnot. What do you have a recommendation for customers, you know, consumers out there to keep a good watch on their on their credit? So even though we've got 
all this confusion out there, right? With 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 credit scores, um, even to the point, you know, if I applied for a mortgage today and then tomorrow I applied for an auto loan, that score is going to be different because the auto lender is using an auto version of credit scoring, so they're all going to be a little different. Um, and then, of course, you know, if I'm using Credit Karma or some other credit monitoring service, I'm probably getting a Vantage credit score. The good news is all of the credit scores pretty much use the five main ingredients that impact your credit, you know, and uh, if you want, we can kind of go through those and yeah. kind of talk about that. Um, and so there's really five main things that impact our credit score. Um, and this is, this is one of the things that I think is valuable for individuals to know. Um, and those are payment history, which is worth 35%. And then the debt category of our credit report, um, and this is heavily influenced by revolving debt. And so that is uh, worth 30% of our credit score. 15% of our credit score is based on the age of our credit file. And then 10% is the mix or the variety of accounts that we have on our credit report. And then the final 10% is, uh, is those, new, those new hard inquiries. So Vantage is a little bit different. They still use the same five uh, ingredients, but they put more weight on revolving credit than FICO does. Um, but uh, generally speaking, if we know those five things, then, then we've got the knowledge to improve and better our credit report and our credit score across all models. And so uh, if, you know, if your question is, how should somebody look at their credit report? I will tell you that my favorite credit monitoring is MyFICO. So, okay. you know, MyFICO, um, you know, gives you all of the FICO versions that are used in lending. But MyFICO is- Literally just MyFICO.com for Yeah, MyFICO.com. Okay. Yep. And, uh, but, you know, it's, it, it's expensive. You know, I think it's a $40 or $50 monthly service. And so we send our clients to a company called ID Club. And uh, they can get that on our website. And one of the benefits of ID Club is that uh, uh, if they use the link on our website, it offers a $1 seven-day trial. So this allows somebody to look at their credit report just to see what's going on. Um, and then to maintain that service, it's $19.95 a month. Okay. Um, what's most important is that people review their credit report. You know, mm -hmm. in today's world with identity theft, and data breaches and, you know, uh, medical issues with, you know, insurance and who, who's responsible for paying, uh, you know, it's super important that we monitor our credit and know what's going on with it. Because just because I had good credit two years ago, doesn't mean I still have good credit. So we gotta, right. we gotta, we gotta look at it. Yeah. And guys, um, listeners out there and viewers here on YouTube, be sure to like, and subscribe and any questions you have, dump them down here and we'll make sure that we get those answered for you. So, you know, what are your top three, two or three tips that, I mean, a lot of us know, keep your balances down, you know, there's a certain percentage that you should keep your balance on a revolving account. But like you said, you know, the debt category, that was what you're talking about. That's going to be uh, a, a car payment or a, a um, or versus a revolving account. So it's going to be a loan versus a revolving account. That's the category we're talking about there. Right. And so it is true that these um, I've always heard that it's really the revolving. It's just really that utilization. So if people drift up and they're, they got a thousand dollar limit 
and they owe 900 or God forbid 1100, like they allowed them to go over, that's where the scores start to dip. Right, Sean? Absolutely. And uh, so that category, that, uh, that debt category is heavily influenced by revolving debt or credit cards. Yes. Um, other types of debt are calculated into that category, but the reality is, is I can have millions of dollars of auto loan debt and mortgage and student loan debt on my credit report and still have a very, very high credit score. But if I have, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of revolving credit, um, I'm going to have a lower score. And so uh, that category is heavily influenced by revolving credit. Um, you know, and uh, uh, what I've found by looking at, you know, thousands of credit reports is that uh, the best place to be with your revolving credit is below 10% utilization. Okay. You know, a lot of people throw around the number of 30%. And yeah, 30% is a great goal. But better than 50%. Better than 60. That's right. But, yeah. Right. But, you know, 10% is really, you know, Ideal. really the sweet, yeah, the sweet spot is between one and 6%, but it's, right. you know, it's a lot so easier. Other than those, what are your top, what do you say, you know, for our listeners out there, let's, let's get into the nitty gritty. Like, you know, I'm, we get, I get a lot of people approach me, you know, in my DMs, you know, questions on YouTube, questions on Instagram, Facebook, you know, Hey, I've done this. I don't know what to do. What would I do? Like, how do I get my scores up? And, you know, how would you, what are the top tips you think to help raise a score? We talked a little bit about, you know, obviously getting your, your balances down, but some of these people have already maybe paid a collection and they didn't, they didn't negotiate a deletion letter. We can talk about that, but like, what are some things that people could do to help, you know, raise their credit score and build solid credit? Yeah. So, um, you know, and I teach a class called seven steps to a 750 plus credit score. Um, but my number one thing is looking at your credit. Okay. So you got to have credit monitoring, um, you know, and uh, a lot of us get a credit score from our credit card, but we need to understand that that's just one bureau. Right. And so we need to be looking at all three. So, you know, we need to, we need to look at our credit report. Second thing we need to do is we need to dispute those derogatories, you know, whether you do that on your own or, or, you know, hire a company like ours, uh, you know, the Fair Credit Reporting Act says that uh, what's on your credit report must be accurate. It must be verifiable by the furnisher, so, you know, the company that provided that. Uh, it can't be misleading. It must be complete, so it can't have missing data, um, and it has to be timely. So, uh, you know, definitely challenge those derogatories. Uh, you know, I would say uh, the third thing is understanding how the credit scores are calculated. And, you know, we kind of just quickly went through that, um, you know, that 35% payment history, that's the biggest, you know, impact to your credit. So obviously got to pay those accounts on time, never be 30 days late. Um, mix of credit is very important. What I've found is that a good mix of credit is at least three credit cards and at that. least, and at least one installment loan. Um, a lot of people out there who've had their credit, you know, they've made some mistakes or they had some life events happen to them. You know, they've kind of checked out of credit. So they end up having what you'd consider a thin credit yep. file, like yep. not very many accounts. And uh, the problem with that is a derogatory event is going to just nail them so much harder than somebody that has a lot of account variety. Right. So uh, I would say that 
you know, you definitely want at least three credit cards, at least one installment loan, but a minimum of five open accounts on your credit report. And that's, I think that's huge because I don't, I think you're right. So what I see a lot of our clients that just like you said, they, you know, they had student loans that they maybe even paid late. They defaulted on, maybe they had a divorce. They did a collection. Now they're in a place in life where they're like, I just, how bad did I shoot myself in the foot? I want to do better now, but they don't know what to do. And so what I hear you saying is number one, you know, make sure you have three credit because some people just like say, well, no, I'm not going to do with credit cards anymore. Right. They don't know what, and they don't know how to utilize them. So get some credit cards, get three, at least have a, maybe an installment loan, but then keep those balances at 10% or less. But then here's where we're going to get into it. This is what people want to know, brother. They have, they've messed up and they've paid this collection and they didn't know what a deletion letter is. So talk about that because I learned something today, you know, from you just talking about that, that, um, that they can still dispute the paid collection, uh, even though, you know, that's, and, and, and I always liked it to, this is what I always say to people. Hey, when you pay, if you get a speeding ticket, it, it, we know behaviorally in America, you should try to go to court and maybe you get to go to the driving school because if you just mail in the payment, maybe you're on the way to vacation, you're out of state. And maybe that's the only thing, but it's a problem because once you pay it, you've admitted default mm -hmm. basically. And now it's just on your record. You can't get it off. But a deletion letter states that the the creditor is going to remove it from all three bureaus and the, what we teach people obviously is don't pay a collection until you have negotiated the deletion letter from them in writing so don't take their word for it over the phone that they're going to delete it you get it from they're going to delete it from the from the agencies that, that they've uh, pulled from or that they report to but then unfortunately you've got a group of people out there that they've messed themselves up with credit in the past, like student loans, and then maybe they've even paid a collection. So talk about that. Like, how do you, what do you tell people like that? Because they're not, they're not stuck. They've got solutions. Yeah. And they've actually done, and they, they've gone back and done what they thought was morally right. Right. They, right. they took care of that debt. Mm -hmm. And then they find out that, uh, that, that hurt their credit score. Yeah. I didn't and say so that. So explain that. Like, because, Paying a credit, paying the collection actually doesn't help to like intellectually yeah. people think I pay this collection. Well, that's going to help my score. Talk yeah. about that. It doesn't work that way. Does it It actually hurts or, or it doesn't help. Yeah. Let's take this a step further. So, um, you know, you've got charge offs yep. and then you have collections. Right. And sometimes people get those confused. So a charge off is, you know, I had a capital one credit card. I went into the default. Capital One ultimately charges that off as bad debt, okay? Um, paying that charge off to the original bank will almost never hurt your score and in most cases will help your score, okay? That but is great info, guys. Are you listening to that? So the charge off, you didn't put, you let the card go, yeah, they charged it off, but they still, but Bank of America or Capital One still has the account. But you and now what what Sean is saying is you want to go ahead and you can pay that and at that point that can be helpful. So to continue on, but if not, yeah. then what happens? It goes to a collector sometimes. Yeah, and some of these banks don't send uh, they don't send these debts to a collection agency that credit reports it, so they hang on to it. So a good example is uh, uh, like a, a Wells Fargo, 
Okay, if you see a Wells Fargo, it's never going to be with the collection agency. It's going to be a charge off from Wells Fargo, and um, and so the the difference is is that once it goes to a third party debt collector and it's credit, it's reported by that debt collector. Um, there, there is a flaw. We talked about credit scoring models. We talked about how mortgage uses the very old versions of credit scoring that are twenty plus years old. The flaw in mortgage credit scoring is that when you pay a debt collector that's on your credit report, when they report that account as paid, it looks to the scoring model like it's new activity and it will drop your credit score in most cases. Recency in credit scoring matters. How recent the derogatory or negative event happened. So you can literally take a three-year-old collection account that's not having as much impact to your credit score. And if you pay that today, that in most cases will drop your mortgage score. Now, a lot of the newer versions of credit scoring, including Credit Karma, will reward you in points when you pay a debt collector, okay? But that is not the model that you wanna be concerned about. In our business, most of our clients are trying to buy a house and they're referred by companies like, like yours, Mark. And so we educate based on mortgage FICO scores. Yeah, because so, the Credit Karma score doesn't really help them. It doesn't get them. It's just really a monitoring system. And so that's very interesting. So they go pay it and they, even they get um, a, their new Credit Karma and they see, well, I went over 700 now. Then they go to apply for the mortgage. And they get pre-approved and we tell them it's still 640 and it's yeah. because, you know, that, you know, they don't really, it doesn't work that the same across the board. Exactly. And, uh, you know, a lot of people call it the FICO score and the FACO score, right? <laughs> well, the, right. the reality is FICO is, is where it's at is the bottom line. FICO is 90 plus percent of lenders use, use a FICO score. There are, you know, Vantage score is gaining traction. As we as we talk, there's discussions about introducing that into the mortgage world here in a year or so. But today, it's FICO that matters. And so, yeah, if you're going to pay a debt collector, you definitely need to get that deletion letter from them because you can take that deletion letter and you can send that to the credit bureaus if they don't follow through with the deletion or to even speed up the deletion. Take that deletion letter send it to the credit bureaus and say, this needs to be deleted because, you know, the debt collectors said they were going to delete it. Um, you go ahead. Yeah. And now um, when it comes to, uh, you know, let's say you've already made that payment, right? You didn't know you did the, what you, you yeah. know, you did the right thing. You paid that debt collector. You still want to dispute that account on your credit report um, because you're disputing it to make sure that it's accurate and it's verifiable with the furnisher, okay? Um, and you never wanna dispute online, okay? These credit monitoring companies like Credit Karma make it very easy to open a dispute. But the problem is there's a provision in the Fair Credit Reporting Act that says, if you dispute online, they do not have to notify you if they decide to reinsert the item. And that happens a lot. However, if wow. you send a letter to the credit bureaus via snail mail, the old, you know, the old school way, the credit bureaus must give you five days written notice if they plan to reinsert an item on your credit report. And it 
almost never happens. I've seen it once in all my years of doing this. I actually saw the credit bureau response that said, we are reinserting this item. It and almost, why can they reinsert? What, what, it's just, what? It's, it's, just a, it's a provision in the Fair Credit Reporting Act that let's say that the creditor didn't respond in a timely fashion. So the credit bureau took it upon themselves to delete that account or correct it in favor of the consumer the way they wanted it. And now later they receive some you know, verification information. They can reinsert it, but they have to give you notice and they, they don't do it. They, they just don't, don't do it. it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So someone has, you know, low scores, late payments or collections, you recommend going ahead, disputing those, even though if you've paid them because, and you did dispute them. So how do they go about that? They need, so like somebody's sitting there, somebody's listening right now. They want to know, where do I go? I don't go on, like, do I go online? How do they dispute that? Because you're saying you need to do it in writing. So mm -hmm. do they literally Google, you know, Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian and mail them? Is that what they yeah, do? Yeah, and it's best to send those certified mails so that you can track it. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, you can off Google, you can get the credit bureau's address. Many of them have eight or nine different addresses. You can use any address for the credit bureau to send your dispute letter to. And so they don't um, and, need to be an ID club or have micafico.com to initiate that. This is, they're going straight to, you're going straight to the top at this point. Yeah. They just have to have some means of knowing that that item's there because, and that's one of the problems with credit karma. Uh, credit karma doesn't give you any account numbers. So, you, you know, you really can't dispute an account using, using credit karma because you don't know what, what the account number is to place in your dispute letter related to that Chase mm -hmm. credit card or that Bank of America credit card. Not to mention Credit Karma is really a marketing company that tries to get you to apply for credit because that's how they right. make money. So I don't like Credit Karma, but when it comes to disputing, you, you need to pull your credit report somehow, right? ID Club, yeah. you know, you can go directly to the credit bureaus. Um, and uh, by the way, the place that you can get a free credit report from the credit bureaus is annualcreditreport.com. So okay. annualcreditreport.com is the government sponsored site that uh, they have to give you a free credit report directly from the credit bureau once a year. But once COVID happened, they, they do it weekly right now. And they've decided to extend the weekly uh, service until the end of this year, it's not easy. I mean, uh, when you go get your credit report from annualcreditreport.com, you actually have to um, fill it out individually for each credit bureau. And then they're gonna display that credit report on your screen and you have to save it as a PDF. You can't log back in. It's just like, you, here's your report, you either print it, save it. There's no credit score, there's no monitoring. Um, and it's going to be a cumbersome report to look at. It's most likely going to be a hundred pages or more, yeah. you know, from each bureau. The reason we like a credit monitoring company is because it shows us each credit bureau side by side. So Capital One, and it shows us how Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion report it. That is how I find discrepancies, yeah. right? Because our credit report must be accurate. And so I use their information back against them when I dispute an account on a credit report. Yeah. So I want to get, I want to tell two more nuggets 
Uh, one I'm going to share that you shared with me, and then I want you to think of one that, that that's that's maybe people just don't know. Like, I bet you didn't know this one. And then I'm going to tell people how to get in touch with you uh, so that you can help them. But one thing that you told me today um, or yesterday was, and, and I kind of knew a little bit about this, that you can use, you know, to be added to an authorized user. But I had a client that needed 10 points. Mm -hmm. And so I send you over a copy of the report. And the, the client that needs the 10 points has a spouse, and that spouse has two accounts that have zero balances, two credit cards, one with like a rooms to go and another one with like a care credit, something like that. And they have zero balances, and, and they've been paid on time. And so you recommended to add the spouse that needed the 10 points to those two accounts to help boost the scores because it's got a long history. The age was there the utilization, the debt category. Um, and so all of that is helpful to help raise the score. So these are the types of things, guys, that knowing these types of things is really going to help you to do um, what you need to do to get yourself in position to buy the next home. And if you're kind of nervous, you don't know, am I doing the right thing? You can always reach out to me or Sean, but like, Sean, what's another good one? And then um, and then tell people how, how they can work with you um, you know, and, and maybe give them an idea of what it looks like to do so. Okay. Yeah. So, um, one of the, one of the things that, that is, is, is confusing out there is when should I pay my credit card to maximize my credit score? Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, because the reality is if you pay your credit card in full every month, um, on the due date, they, you, you are not, uh, what am I trying to say? The, when you make a payment on your credit card, it doesn't update at the credit bureaus right away, right. okay? The credit bureau, the, the, the Capital One credit card or whatever only reports to the credit bureau once a month. And they report the snapshot of your account that comes out when your statement is generated, okay? Your bill is due, what, 21, 25 days later. So- if you don't have high enough credit limits and you use your credit cards um, and pay them in full every month, they're catching you with a high utilization. So if you have low credit limits, maybe you're in the, in the spot where you're rebuilding, pay your credit card before the closing date, okay? Before the statement closing date, get that payment in right before the closing date because that's gonna then report at the credit bureaus the uh, the lower balance. What if a great wait, tip! If you wait and pay it when it's due, you've already racked up new charges on that card, and mm -hmm. so it's gonna it's 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 gonna show a higher balance. So just to repeat that, you want to pay that credit card before the actual due date. Is that correct? Am I saying no? It you want to pay no. it before the statement is before generated. The sta before the statement is generated. And so, yeah. how do they know when the statement is generated? What tell like explain that? Yeah. So we'll use Capital One as an example. Most of these have an app. You just go on your app and you look at the statement dates, right? Ah, and maybe the maybe the maybe the statement you know closes on the twenty seventh of each month. And so you know. Now, this is really for those people that don't have a lot of credit limit, right? And so mm -hmm. they've got small credit limit credit cards. Uh, you just want to keep those balances low. And the other thing I'll tell you is uh, you definitely want to have a small balance on a credit card. You will score higher by having a small balance As than opposed if you to have zero. zero balance. Yes. 
That's a great tip. And I think I've got one from the studio from our uh, producer here. Question. What if the statement, what if the due date is the 16th, but the statement is generated on the 19th? Then pay more, right? Because let's say that uh, your bill, you know, the statement says, you know, 1900, but your actual balance on that card is 4,800. They just haven't generated the new statement, right? Yep. Just, just pay more to, uh, you know, to get it to reflect that lower, I love it. that lower balance. Now, obviously if you've got, you know, the power of credit cards is that we can use the bank's money and we can get, you know, rewards and stuff. Right. Um, so if you've got good credit cards, multiple credit cards, high credit limits, you don't need to worry about this. This is for the person trying to rebuild and they've got those small credit limit credit cards. You want to just, you know, pay those before the statement. And this is day. a lot of our audience right now. I know there's a lot of listeners out there. I have a big following on Instagram and TikTok and, and you know, I'm, I'm, we're getting a lot of questions. This is so valuable, brother. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you being on. Um, tell us, tell our listeners, our viewers, how do they work with you? Because I mean, we're guys, we're talking about the best of the best. I sought out the best in the country. You know, you, you asked, I listened and here we are. Okay. So, uh, I'm here to serve my following, you know, my flock. And, um, you know, this is, so Sean Lane here, uh, is, is who you need to be talking to, uh, with FRS. So talk, talk about how they can work with you. Yeah. So, uh, Best way is to go to our website, frscredit.com. Easy so, enough, uh, frscredit.com. Yeah, and if you can't remember that, Financial Renovation Solutions, it's the yeah. acronym. So frscredit.com, you know, um, on there, they can book uh, a free consultation with myself or one of my credit consultants. I have, including myself, we have six uh, credit specialists that, uh, that do what I do. And uh, what we always do also bilingual. Is, yeah, also, we have, you a, have bilingual. a bilingual person. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, and uh, uh, here's the reality: we don't enroll people in credit repair without looking at a credit report because it's not always the right time to do credit repair. Maybe somebody's in the midst of defaulting on accounts. You know, maybe they're 30 days late on this, 60 days late on that. You know, they have a financial problem. Um, maybe right now is not the time to do credit repair for them, right? And so we want to review the credit report first. We're going to do a full credit analysis for them for free because we want to make sure that they're a good candidate. And yeah. if, you know, today, and if they're not a good candidate, we're going to give them some tips and then ask them to call us back in a few months, okay? Yeah. this I'm not talking about the guy that has things that have happened in the past. I'm talking about the guy that has current late payments. He's behind on some things. That's the guy that we're not going to, enroll today because as long as he can't pay on time, I can't move his credit score. Right. If that makes sense. Okay. Sure. Um, and so, uh, and it's very easy. What we're going to do is, and it's on our website, we're going to send them to ID club, but use the link on our website because it's a $1 seven day trial. So essentially cost them a dollar to have us review their credit report. Right. And uh, you know, we'll do a full credit analysis, full credit analysis for them. Um, we'll offer them our program, and uh, our program is a maximum of six months long. We work on all the derogatory stuff at the same time. You know, mm -hmm. some of these credit repair companies 
stretch it out. And, yep. you know, they try to keep you enrolled. And, and so uh, our program is a maximum of six months long. They're not even required to stay in six months. Um, you know, what causes credit repair to take time is every time we dispute or send an investigation letter, they have 30 days to investigate and respond. We do that process six times if necessary. We have a six-step strategy that we walk through to try to legally leverage a bad thing off of a credit report. Now, I want one more quick question. Okay, so, you know, some people say, uh, you know, I've had several comments, particularly in the TikTok realm, where they'll just say, yeah, just don't pay it. It'll fall off eventually Yeah, you know, well, when here, it comes here. to a collection or something yeah. like that. So what do you say to that? Well, so here, here's the thing that I always say. Two things can fix everybody's credit, time and then education, right? Okay. If you let enough time pass, you're right. Those derogatory, tell them how much time. Tell them, yeah, Sean. Those, yeah, so uh, a derogatory account is based on what they call the date of first derogatory that led to default, okay? So what that means is if I paid something 30 days late today, that 30-day late payment will fall off of my credit report in seven years, okay? If this account got charged off as bad debt, so if I was 30 days late, then 60, 90, then it got charged off, seven years from that 30-day late payment that led to default, that account will naturally fall off of my credit report. Every month that passes that an item is, uh, you know, uh, that that derogatory event that every month that passes from when that derogatory event happened, um, that derogatory thing, whether it's a late payment or, or what have you, has a little less impact to your credit score, but it's gonna be on there for seven years, okay? So yes, the two things, time and education. You let enough time pass, those bad things are gonna be a distant memory. But the problem I find is that a lot of people lack the education. That's why we're so big on education because I find that people make similar mistakes over and over and it keeps them in perpetual low credit. And we want to yeah. change that. Yeah. Yeah. And seven years is a long time for any of us for just about anything in life. And so you, if you guys, if you can get something off of your credit, um, you know, you want to utilize Sean, utilize me, you know, um, people out there, Sean, they want to buy homes, you know, they're young, we've got millennials, we've got Gen Z, and they're discouraged, some of them, right? Housing is expensive now. And so then maybe they made a mistake in their past. They're a different person now. And they beat themselves up. And my heart goes out to them because this is what I do on a day-to-day -day basis. And I love it. Um, but it's a weight. I mean, you and I know you feel it because you want to help people. And um, sometimes, you know, it's it, it's undoing some things that they did um, that were, you know, maybe they they paid something they shouldn't have and they just didn't know any better or they just they're when you meet them they just kind of swept it under the rug and thought it would go away and it's been four years but heck you got three more left and now you're wanting to to purchase so there are options you can do like we said earlier in the show um, you can still dispute those accounts guys so frscredit.com sean lane is the guru sean um, also you want to pick up the book the Consumer's Guide to Credit Restoration. Um, and Sean, we really appreciate you, man. Thanks for being on today. And we're going to we're gonna load you up with some clients and uh, start helping some people become homeowners. 
Well, I appreciate it, Mark. And uh, again, I love this topic. And uh, uh, I think that uh, everybody deserves a second chance. You know, no sometimes doubt. it's a, it's just lack of education. Maybe they were young and dumb like I was. You know, that's why I have this business is because I was that person, uh, you know, that made all the classic mistakes when I was younger. Well, and you talk about the lack of uh, education. It's another way we talk about on the show is just, you know, the all in podcast. Uh, we talk about being all in in all areas of your life. And one of those is just being all in right on your, your credit monitoring and knowing what's going on there. But heck, a lot of times people just don't know, you know, they have no yeah. idea what it is. And so they um, don't, they don't teach it in school. So education, another way to say that is new information. So, so many times people just don't know what to do because they don't have the information. Mm -hmm. They just don't know. And then when they try to go find it on the interwebs, <laughs> they get a hundred different answers. And so guys, that's why I wanted to bring Sean on, uh, Sean, we want to be honoring of your time. Uh, thank you so much. And, uh, we will talk with you soon. Appreciate you, brother. All right. You guys have a great weekend. Thanks. Thank you. You too. See ya. Right, bye. Bye. bye.